coming to you live from my apartment. It's Robin's Podcast, and now, here's the guy who's suddenly much more aware of his appendix than he was yesterday, Rob's sister, Nino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Rob Has a Podcast. I am Rob's sister, Nino, here with Nicole. Hello. Nicole, how are you? Good. Yeah? Happy to see you here today. Sure. Happy to have you back here on Rob Has a Podcast. That's great to be back. Yeah, we didn't have you here for most of uh, the Dawn podcast. Unfortunately, Unfor- I the Dawn podcast. Unfortunately, yeah. you were there at the end. And, uh-huh. uh, uh, well, it's going to be a little touch and go here today with you as well. Yes, it's more go than touch. More go than touch. So, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, we, well, fortunately, we have a great guest today. Fortunately. She is the winner of Survivor Marquesas. And her name is Vesepia Towery Robinson. I oh. added the Robinson. That's oh. that used to be just Vesepia Towery. Ah, she got married. VTR. She made the mistake. That's right. Yes, big mistake. <laughs> no, for not for everybody. Oh. Not for everybody. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's working out great for Vesepia. We will catch up with her. She was uh, an under the radar player. She's also an under the radar winner. So we have not uh, heard from her in a while. Mm-hmm. We're gonna check in with the Sepia, see what she's up to. Okay, we can find out what she's been doing with her million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll check in with the Sepia, but unfortunately, the Sepia and Nicole uh, did not have schedules that were on the same page. Yeah, we didn't. So we're gonna open the show with Nicole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get into get into the business. A little a little uh, podcast foreplay, mm, we'll call it. My favorite. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then we'll also, uh, you know, Nicole will be with us for uh, the end of the show. Yes, the grand finale, the grand, the big finish. Yes, which you also uh, is your favorite. Wowzer! <laughs> All right, so Nicole, a lot going on uh, in the in the Survivor world. Uh, I just want to, before we jump into uh, everything that we have to cover today, just remind everybody: uh, if you're not subscribed on iTunes, the best way to get Rob has a podcast is what Nicole iTunes. Yeah. And we appreciate it when you go ahead and leave us a comment and also rate us five stars. Uh, you know, don't be, don't, uh, don't be cheap. Don't be cheap with the stars. Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Five is, five is good. Yeah. Five is good. Four is okay. Yeah, four is not good. Five is better. Yeah. Five is better. Don't be cheap. <laughs> okay. Don't be stingy. So, uh, Nicole, so the big story last night was the departure of Mr. Colton Cumbie from the game of Survivor. Yes. I can't believe it. Diagnosed with acute appendicitis. Not very cute. By Dr. Ramona. No, not very cute. <laughs> uh, it turns out it was actually not acute appendicitis, a uh, bacterial infection, and that was given unto us by the horse's mouth, Colton Cumbie. Or the bacterial host's mouth. Bacterial <laughs> host's mouth. Yes. A lot of bacteria came out of his mouth uh, this season. <laughs> yes, so, if that's what you want to call it. We had our interview with uh, Colton Cumbie. I thought it went pretty well. I thought so, too. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, not everybody agreed with me. Not everybody does. <laughs> not everybody agreed. That's okay. You know, a lot of people, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. I'm not, I'm not Colton. Uh, <laughs> everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, some people feel like uh, we did a good job, but uh, it seems like, at least from the comments, uh, a majority of people feel like we were too soft on Colton. I'd like to see to hear what they would say if Colton was well, on the show. Well, if you read the comments, you'd, you'd, <laughs> you'd hear a lot of what, what people oh, would say. Okay, okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I have to listen to it back. Uh-huh. I really, I have to, you know, I'm not going to say that I definitely, uh, you know, I easily could have been harder on him. I just don't know exactly what the point would be. Like, I know a lot of people want to see 
Colton sort of burned at the stake here. Wouldn't that be stooping down One, to... Yeah, I'm not sure if that's my job. Yeah. And two, uh, I'm not sure what that accomplishes. Yeah. So uh, I did my interview. Uh, if you don't like it, you can jump in the fire, okay? <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what an apology to me does uh, for Colton. You know, it's it's a game. It's a, game. it's a game. And you know what? Here's why Colton says he definitely was going to win the game. And uh-huh. he probably was going to win the game. Here's why I disagree. Because if Colton's final Tribal Council performance was going to be anything like, you know, what he has been uh, like in his interviews, and I'm not criticizing, uh, you know, what he what he wants to say. That's That's fine. It just, he has not convinced the jury of the Survivor audience that, okay, he was just joking around. He doesn't actually feel this way. And I think that uh, much like these people that get up in front of the jury, uh, like Coach last season, you know, like Amanda, uh, you know, that he just does not seem to have very convincing answers. I think it might almost be better for him if he said, you know what, oh my God, that was how I thought was an okay way to talk. Uh, I've now learned... That is not an okay way to talk. Thank you for uh, for letting me know. Thank God I did this <laughs> because I've now learned, and this is what you would do in the final tribal council. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I, I did this, but this is what I had to do to beat you. I had to talk this way to learn what is right and what is wrong, and now I know. I don't get the sense that his behavior is bothering anybody on the show, though. Like, do you really don't hear anybody complaining about it? I think you do. A little bit, but I mean, compared to everybody else, like, there, it's not... Well, I guess, yes, compared to the audience of the show, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we see what he says to the cameras. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know uh, exactly if anybody has been uh, too convinced by, uh, Col- by Colton in his uh, exit interview uh, press tour. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then also came out today, which has not gotten a ton of press. There was a uh, a secret scene, uh, which was uh, somewhat uh, unfortunate. Oh, I didn't Where see the he's sort scenes. of making like a uh, like pulling his eyes no, further apart. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not sure why they didn't put that on the show. <laughs> because it's terrible. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. That is terrible. So uh, I I don't know. So okay. I know a lot of people feel like they want an apology from Colton. I don't know if it would be sincere. And so if he's just going to be uh, insincere about an apology, I don't know why we want it so badly. Um, and other than yelling at this guy, I'm not sure what people, uh, you know, what can, what can we really do? Well, you're not one of two people. You're not Jeff Probst, Probst so you can't get an apology. Yeah. And you're not God. <laughs> yes, I guess not. Those are the only you are neither that, of the two. Those are the only people that... Uh, and that's not what I heard, Nicole. <laughs> we have a difference of opinion. Yes. Okay. They're both actually God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the same person. So, Nicole, uh, so now we're going to start to shift the focus into what is life going to be like for these survivors after Colton? And what is life going to be like on Rob as a podcast after Colton? Because it's yes. been the last six weeks, almost nonstop Colton talk. Well, luckily, we have Alicia... Yes. Alicia has not... Uh, I think they set it up very well last night. They knew Colton was going. They needed a new bad guy, so they set it up for There Alicia. was a real passing of the baton. Yes, yes. Now, what is ha- this Christina doing that every she's on everybody's nerves so much? 
Even from day one with Alicia, it was almost like she went to go talk to the men, this Christina, because Chris- and said, I'm going to trade you palm fronds for uh, some fire. And this set Alicia off in the first episode, and she's never gotten over this. Oh, right. 17 days. You will never understand women. Yeah. Alicia had to be I- the center of attention. Yeah. Alicia, uh, Christina did what Alicia wanted to do, therefore she hates her. Part of the reason why I'll never understand women is because the women I spend the most amount of time with is you. What does that mean? Because <laughs> I'm not any closer to understanding you than the first day I met you. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> not any closer. Uh, so lots of uh, funny stuff uh, last night, uh, especially with Christina. My One of my favorite parts in Tarzan, still loving Tarzan so much. This podcast is afoot, by the way. It is, it is always afoot. Uh, so Tarzan... We had the great scene with Alicia post Colton where she said, uh, Tarzan, will you be my friend? Uh huh. And he says, Yes, I will be your friend. Uh huh. And then, uh, Alicia, and then Christina asks Tarzan, uh, Tarzan, will you, will you be my friend? And he says, No. No, I wouldn't. No, I would, no, I would I don't not. understand why. <laughs> I think I would want to be more of Christina's friend than Alicia's friend. He would <laughs> she not. She seems nicer. No, no, he would. Tarzan. Uh, would not be the friend. And he actually explained it. Uh, he said, I would, you know... I'm still confused. I, I would be, uh, you know, I would recommend you, he kind of says. Uh, I don't have the exact... So he would recommend her to friends to be their friend, but he didn't want to be her friend? Yeah, he's like, I'm sure you'll do very well. Uh-huh. You'll be successful, but eh, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be your friend. You're not for me. I'm not going to be your friend, Katrina. <laughs> well done, Tarzan. Well done. Well, well done. done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be your friend, Katrina. Uh, yeah, by the way, it's, uh, it's Christina. Yeah. It's Christina. Poor Cha-Cha. Yeah, uh, she called herself, uh, did she call herself the cockroach, or did, uh, Alicia and Colton call her the cockroach? I believe it was the Mean Girls (laughs) who, uh, came up with that. I kind of feel like she said it, too. Uh, I kind of feel like her, her new nickname should be, uh... La Cucaracha. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? Hashtag Cucaracha. La La Cucaracha. Yeah. uh, For Christina Cha. I'm sure she's going to love this because you know the listener is going to (laughs) be all over this. (laughs) La Cucaracha. Yeah. Uh, So I am am liking her because everybody's so mean to her. (laughs) And what is it? What is it about being uh, the Asian woman on the cast that you had Edna last season? Everybody was all over Edna. People couldn't uh, stand Edna. Oh, Edna is so annoying. Uh Now uh, Christina Cha steps into the Edna role. And we won't even get into the Shean days on oh, Survivor. Oh, no. Well, you were watching it last night, and you're like, oh, she is so Shean. <laughs> <laughs> she's getting, like, the Shean at it. Yeah. Uh, that every, she's getting on everybody's nerves. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know what she's doing. She seems very She seems very nice. Maybe they know she's a... La compul- Cucaracha. They know she's a compulsive retweeter. <laughs> is she big in the retweeting? She likes to retweet. Okay. Well, who doesn't? I don't. <laughs> yeah. But not a lot of people are tweeting about you. Some people oh, you'd are. be surprised the yeah. kind of tweets I get. <laughs> I would be. I don't. I don't look. I don't look. So uh, poor uh, La Cucaracha. Yeah. But I think she's doing a good job uh, hitching her wagon to Jonas. Jonas looking pretty good last night. Now what do you? How do you? I mean, mean not in the game. I mean, like physically. Oh, okay. Because I thought for a second you were talking about strategy, and then I knew I knew should know better. So you were finding you were finding Jonas to be aesthetically pleasing. He was, he's now. getting cuter as the season progresses. He's got kind of the Boston Rob beard going on. Oh, maybe that's what's doing it for me. <laughs> maybe that, is that it? Is that it? Maybe. Yeah. 
Jonas is in sort of an interesting position here. Uh-huh. Because I think that uh, for Jonas, now uh, no hiding behind Colton anymore. He's out front and center. We get to see the real Jonas. We'll see the real Jonas. Because mm-hmm. he really, for 17 days, he was just coasting behind Colton. Uh-huh. Now we'll have to see what is Jonas going to do. Yes. As Alicia has her tail between her legs. <laughs> yeah? I mean, it's got hidden? <laughs> it's hidden now. It's hidden? Uh <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Now, Colton claimed today that Alicia was going to be the next person to go home. That was the plan. Alicia was going to go home. Are you? Do you buy that? Do you feel like, or is that revisionist history from Colton? I don't know. I mean, it makes sense as to why she would go home, especially the way that he explained it. Um, I wouldn't have been mad if that happened. Yeah. You're not a fan? I just think that she's, you know, a lot of her behavior is a bit uncalled for. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, for me. Uh, I get you're supposed to have a negative reaction to Alicia, but uh-huh. who gave her everybody? I, I think so. This is the, okay. I, this is what the you know the editors are painting the picture. You're supposed to there. Ed, Nicole is getting mad at Alicia. Uh-huh. Check. Editors are doing <laughs> they're doing their job. Okay, but now we start to now we take Colton off the game board. Now we take Alicia off the game board. If if you get what you want, uh-huh. and now. Show's starting to get now. If we lose a Tarzan, show's getting a little, a little dry. Right, a little dry. We're missing uh, all these people that are making you so mad. <laughs> okay, we get rid of them. Now we got a boring show. Well, luckily there's the merge, and anything can happen. Yeah, you know, if if the show turns out to be, you know, we're getting there, and, and it's you know Jay and Chelsea and Kim and. Uh, uh, did I say Jonas already? <laughs> Jonas. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of action going on there. Mm-hmm. We need these uh, straws to stir the drink. Yes. We, you know, we need to, there to be exciting gameplay going on, but also you need uh, some shenanigans also. Yeah, well, you know, it's the, like I said, it's the merge. Anything can happen at this point. Alicia's back with her with her biatches. Anything could happen mm-hmm. at the merge. So we, yeah. uh, I'm going to get into we'll get into that with the sepia. Yeah, and I think it, they're really going out of their way to make Alicia look bad. Even Jeff Probst is all on her. Basically saying, Alicia, you suck at challenges. Yeah, that was sort of a weird challenge last night. It was, overall, it was sort of like a weirdly structured episode because, uh, you know, we didn't have the immunity challenge. So things were sort of like, certain things seemed longer than they should have been. Yeah. Like, so they, for instance, they get the tree mail. Uh-huh. And the tree mail says, uh, this is a game that you play in your backyard and uh, yeah. eat some. Su- you'll get some sweets. It's, the- it's not that hard. Uh, or something, something like that. I-, I don't have the rhyme down. Right. You get the idea. I get it. So I'm thinking, okay, now, and much, much like the survivors yeah, yeah. tag, uh, we, they, now the, the survivors spend about three minutes guessing what the game is going to be. Yeah. Why we need that, I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Didn't really further the story at any point, but they're like, ah, what do you think? Baseball? Spin the it, it could be kick, kickball, hopscotch. <laughs> and then we go there. What the hell game is that? Who, Who had that in that, that backyard? backyard? <laughs> right? Yes. What could, you know what I had in, in my backyard? What? A tree. <laughs> and you could throw throw a rock at it. I had a homeless person. You had know, a homeless person? No, you didn't. <laughs> I wish I did. That was, a, that, was your, that was your grandmother. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. She wore those weird socks. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was sort of a weird challenge. So that that's going on. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff Probst is just really, he, like, Colton and Alicia are just getting mad at uh, La Cucaracha. 
<laughs> and so they're just getting mad the whole time. And Jeff Probst is getting incensed at Alicia and Colton. It's yes. it's like the uh the crap was running downhill. Yeah, Jeff was even like, Alicia, my nephew can do better than you. It's like, uh, you know, your dad gets in trouble at work. He comes home. He yells at your brother. Your brother dog. gets mad. He yells at the dog. Like, you know, maybe Jeff Probst is having a bad day. He's yeah. taking it out on Alicia and Colton. They're taking it out on uh, La Cucaracha. Oh, it all trickles down. Trickle down effect. Yeah. And so if I'm Jeff Probst's nephew last night, I'm watching the show and saying, hey, what did I do? <laughs> Jeff Probst, Alicia, even my nephew is better than you at this challenge. Well, it depends how old is his nephew. I don't know. <laughs> that would, uh, he might have been four. He, might have been, he could might be an have, infant. <laughs> might have been four, but even still. Yeah. I don't think he needs that complex. Well, actually, it's not a complex. He's doing he would do better. <laughs> I guess so. You think he, uh, Jeff Probst's nephew is getting cocky? Uh, prop, don't prop. get cocky, kid. If he's anything like his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, and uh, you know some other uh, interesting stuff. I don't want to. Uh, I want to have plenty of stuff to talk to uh, Vesepi about. So let's. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. Let's. Uh, let's break here. Uh, we'll call uh, Vesepia. Uh, we'll be right back uh, after this, and uh, we'll check in with Vesepia. Tell her I said hi. Okay. <laughs> and now Brandon Hans for Seven Up. <laughs> My Survivor experience out here was absolutely amazing. No one would have ever expected Brandon Hance to do anything. Nobody would have ever expected Brandon Hance to be a father at the age of 19 years old, be married for two years, because I would rather be seventh on the jury than to have a million dollars in my pocket. He's a 7-Up original, keeping it real. All right, and we're back. This is uh, Rob Sesternino, and uh, I have here on the line a uh, very special guest here on uh, Rob Has a Podcast. Uh, she is the first African-American winner of uh, Survivor, and uh, here she is, the winner of Survivor Marquesas, Vesepia Towery Robinson, VTR. What's up, Rob? How are you? And let me correct you. I am the first African-American to win any reality show, okay? Any reality show? Oh, that's right. Now, if you go over to Europe or somewhere, there may be some, but <laughs> for the most part, you know, the first African-American to win any reality show. Wow. That's a, that's very historic. That is, you know, and they're not giving me props for it, but it's all good, you know? And, Vesepia, can you believe that uh, it's been about, uh, we're about six weeks shy here of uh, ten years since you've been a millionaire? It is crazy how time has flown by. I mean, I was sitting back with my with my son, who wasn't even alive back then. <laughs> right. And, you know, he'll pull out my torch and say, wow, Mom, you know, this is cool. When are you going to go back out there so that I can finally see you on television? And I always say, whenever they call me, which will probably be never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not up to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Vesepia, very excited to be uh, talking to you. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are excited to uh, hear from you because we don't get to hear from you uh, too often. You're even under the radar after the show. Oh, shut up. You are. <laughs> Number one, I wasn't under the radar on the show. You know how editing is. I'm just going to keep it straight and real with you, you know. Well, that's whatever, fine. They decided to do what they wanted to do with me, and that's how it came out. 
But, you know, honestly, I've been out there. I've gone to different events, and I've gone to different functions. I do a lot of stuff here in the Bay Area. I mean, we have a strong Bay Area tie of survivors, alumni here, and we get together quite a bit. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't go to all the stuff, but I try to hit as much stuff as I can. All right, two things. Uh, first, let me get this out of the way. So the the who are the Bay Area? I know that we have the – I call them the wine and cheese contingent in New York. I know uh, – Who's out in L.A., uh, the, the flaky L.A. Survivor crew? Who is in the San Francisco Survivor crew? Well, we got the first person to be voted off of Survivor Air ever, Sonia. Sonia. Our um, you know, ukulele player. We have Lex Vandenberg down here. We have, um, oh, gosh, um, the guy that has the prosthetic leg. Chad. Oh, Chaz is down here. We have uh, Monica's down here. We have there's a group of us. And Monica we, Culpepper. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 not Monica Culpepper. Oh, see, I'm about to get her name wrong. I can't even think of her name. <laughs> the the two that were dating for a while. Um, oof, his name is is what is it? Rhino. Rhino. Rhino, and then he was dating somebody because they were at an event that we went to down here. Oh, well, we don't have enough time on this show to go through everybody that Rhino has dated from Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> but so but yeah, go- there's a group of us out here. You'd be surprised. Um, you know, Yule comes comes back periodically. We've got um, Yao Man is down here. We've done several events together. So there's quite a bit of us down here. Okay, well. Now, let's go back to the under-the-radar thing. Now, you took uh, exception to that. Now, are you – I always thought of you that you were the uh, the patron saint of the under-the-radar strategy. But you it, know, is I, that – am I well, misinformed? I, I'm more than happy to take that honor, you know, because it got me to where I needed to be, and so be it. But, you know, you've been out there. You know what's, what's real and what's not. You know, you – you know how they can edit that crap to make you look like God's gift to the game, or they can make you look like the slum of the earth. Mm-hmm. So they, they made me look like the quiet person, and there were a lot of things that I did out there that it didn't show, you know, but it is what it is. And so I just let it go because, you know, it's really my word against theirs unless, you know, you talk <laughs> to people that are out there on the show with me. Yeah. But, you know, hey, if people want to call me under the radar, I'll take that proudly because I know I came home with the cash. So that's all that matters. Yeah. V, I do not use the term under the radar in any disrespect whatsoever. I was under the radar. I think that, you know, under the radar is good. You want to be under the radar. It's not a bad thing. I mean, I'm going to keep it real. It's not a bad thing at all. It definitely helped me to, to get through the game, you know. People say that I was a little bit more quiet than what, what they expected of me, especially friends who know me. They were like, God, you were quiet out there. And I'm like, come on, y'all. Y'all know me. I mean, for real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, it, it stuck with me, and, and a lot of people respect that game. So, you know, it, it almost was like I was the quintessential under-the-radar person that kind of like coined the phrase under-the-radar. So, you know, I don't, you know, I, I have no beef with that. It is what yeah. it is. All right. Well, Sepia, you know, I've been about your season and I've been thinking about this season of uh, Survivor One World. And so we had, we just had the big shake up last night where Colton ends up being the one going home. And right. I sort of look at this field now, uh, now that we've merged and it seems to me it's almost uh, completely 
wide open. I don't know how exactly uh, this is going to go. And it almost seems to me, uh, you know, it's around a similar uh, point in the game. It's, you know, more wide open as far as I feel like there's a lot of characters that we don't really even know that well on the show. And on your season, for about six episodes, there was a guy who dominated a lot of the screen time who went off around this time in the game in Boston yeah. Rob. And I right. kind of feel like we're in sort of a similar situation where uh, every it was Rob, Rob, Rob for six, seven episodes. Colton, mm-hmm. Colton, Colton. Now they're both gone out of the game. And now this could go anyway the towards the end of the game. Yeah, and I like that, that analogy. And, and you can kind of see that in a way because, yeah, they definitely have given Colton um, the main main time on there. And that's really all we saw. The storyline was about him. Uh, they slowly started to push Alicia a little bit on us last night. And for a while there, you, I started to see a little bit of Sabrina. Um, she's taking a back seat or, you know, editing has pushed her back or whatever. But um, those were the top three that I was really spotlighting and focusing on. And now since Colt is gone, my thing is who's going to step up now and be that, that main person. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to they're gonna try to focus on Sabrina, or what's her name, um, Alicia, a lot. And maybe they'll bring Sabrina back up. But really, they're outside of those three, there really weren't a whole lot that stood out. And you're right, you know, somebody's got to step up on my season when Boston Rob bailed out or got out. Sean was the one that kind of, like, stepped up. Mm-hmm. And, and and he became that for a while until, you know, eventually, you know, he was voted out. But it is going to be very interesting to see who they spotlight now since Colton is gone. Yeah, and you mentioned Alicia, and I think it's, uh, you know, sort of like an interesting parallel where we have people who are getting a lot of the airtime on the show, but not necessarily the people who are really pulling the strings uh, in the game. So we're sort of not getting the full picture of what's going on here. And I feel like uh, Alicia has probably some of the least amount of power in the game. And uh, if we spend too much time on her, we really won't know what's going on at all the rest of this way. And of course, that's typical Survivor, you know. <laughs> yeah. they, they, I mean, for real, they don't give you all the tidbits and you just got to kind of try to piece this thing together. Because I know that there's a lot of stuff that's happening out there that we are not seeing. And, um, you know, they tried to give uh, Alicia a little bit of play last night, thinking, okay, so now since Colton's gone, is she going to try to be the, you know, the puppet master in this group? Or is she going to eventually um, be slammed by, who is it, Jonas? We've now yes. thinking that he, he could be the man. And, you know, we haven't heard too much from him throughout, you know, from the beginning of the season. And now all of a sudden he's starting to weasel his way out there. Yeah. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting. I would like to see... Um, Jonas step out of his comfort zone because he looks like he's got a little devious side to him that may be able to come out. Yeah, well, you mentioned Sean um, from your season, who I love. I am a big uh, Sean fan. I thought he was the funniest guy uh, when I was watching the show, and he was always, uh, you know, uh, really nice to me whenever I uh, used to run into him. Uh, Now, uh, you know, us old survivors, we don't uh, get out too much. But uh, Sean... Sean was always one of my favorites, but you mentioned as somebody who uh, who kind of emerged after Boston Rob uh, was out of the picture. I'm wondering now for Jonas, he really has to step into the spotlight here. No more Colton to be uh, taking all the attention. Yeah, and I think he's got the balls to do that, you know, because he looks, in a way, he reminded me kind of like Colton, but he was just allowing Colton to be the front runner. Mm-hmm. And- 
until he has an opportunity to really take advantage of it. And I think his opportunity is now coming up. And I don't think that he's going to be as boisterous as Colton was, but I think that he will make some moves that will be pretty, pretty beneficial to him in the long run. And speaking of Sean, and Sean is my son's godfather. Him and I, yeah, him and I, we're like brother and sister. We are so close, it's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, I just have to say this about this current season. You know they're doing those Survivor originals? Yes. And I am, like, really surprised. At the, and you may think I'm hating. I'm really not hating. But, you know, being, like, the first Survivor on there, I think I was also one of the first Survivors to celebrate their birthday on there. Mm-hmm. And on my season, Sean actually serenaded me when we went to go pick up tree mail. And it was such a disappointed moment that I was just like, dang, maybe you called neither one of us to talk about that, you know, that episode, which was really a strong episode. But well, it is. It is. V, maybe if you would have taken a cue from Richard Hatch and gone naked on your birthday, then uh, that could have been a whole, a whole different commercial. <laughs> you know what? I'm telling you, they had all kind of folks voting for me to win that show if they saw my body flat and naked. <laughs> Dark chocolate and beautiful, but let's not get X-rated up in here, okay? <laughs> okay, we'll try to keep it. Try to keep it clean. <laughs> uh, oh no, I've totally uh, lost my train of thought. Okay, uh, Jonas, uh, this is where I think this is really interesting, and I, I really am very interested to see where this goes because your season and uh, the Amazon as well are two of the seasons that had big shakeups after the merge, and I think that things really could go any number of ways. It's not like these last couple of seasons where one group just gets totally picked off. Now this could go anyway. So for Jonas, he has – he's with – he's got Tarzan. He's got Leaf, and it looks like he's also picked up Christina. Now, it's – what's going to be interesting is – are the women all going to get back together? Is it going to be Sabrina, Kat, Chelsea, uh, Kim, and then reabsorbing Alicia? Or will it be the new Solani ends up with those women and then they keep Troyzan and Jay? How do you think that this is going to uh, shake out here in the next couple of weeks? You know, I really think that the women will try to keep their numbers strong. The thing is that they've got to try to make sure they can work Christina back into um, a trust factor because right now Christina doesn't trust him. She's been the odd woman out from the beginning with the women and with, you know, of course, with the split up on the tribe. And now she's getting some real good, you know, real good vibes from Jonas and was it at least mm-hmm. And so she may, you know, if she's smart, may want to try to have some little secret alliance on the side, but still just, you know, say, okay, I'm going to go with these girls for as long as I, I can, but, you know, I'm going to stick this other alliance. So I think the girls are going to try to stick strong, and I think they can do it if they can pull Christina in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really sort of uh, I think there is sort of like a parallel here because I think that these these women – uh, that are in power. I think it's Sabrina and Chelsea and Kim. I think they're sort of the power, almost like uh, who was it? The uh, let me get this right. The Rotu Four is that, is that right? These guys four, from yeah. your season. Yeah, the yeah. Rotu Four. That's right. So and, and now and they're oh, go ahead. You know, it can be shaken up any kind of way because Alicia, you know, she thinks that she's she's getting all power hungry. Also, and and to be honest, I don't know where in the world they got these women from. <laughs> I mean, they've got a group of headstrong women 
on the track for a while there. I got bored watching them because I, I was like, enough of the bickering and arguing already, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but they are some very hard, headstrong women. Um, they can work well together, but the minute they begin to frazzle, they, they break down. See, what I think this is going is I think that now everybody's going to try to be getting back or sticking with these women. So I think then uh, Alicia comes back to the women and says, hey, we're all back together. And Troyzan and Michael and Jay say, hey, we're 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 all still together. And it's almost like there's so many people in this like uh, absorbed into this big alliance. There's almost uh, not enough people like, okay, maybe they pick off if they pick off Troy uh, Tarzan, excuse me. Uh, and Jonas and Christina, now they have to start turning on each other. Now, when you guys merged on your season, was it like the road? What did the road to four? What did they want to do after they uh, got rid of Boston Rob? Was it what they wanted to come after you and Sh- you and Sean, or they wanted to start going after uh, Pascal and, and Nalia uh, and Kathy at that point? Uh, they ended up pulling me in and basically saying, you know, we'll take you to five if you help us get rid of, you know, obviously Sean. And so, of course, you know, I had to turn on Sean, which was my boy, you know, but mm-hmm. I had to think about myself. And so I had to flat out, you know, just lie to Sean straight up to his face, which killed me. But I had to do what I had to do. And then all of a sudden, they thought that I had lied on them. And so they began to turn on me which yeah. didn't necessarily happen that way. And then we ended up catching, you know, Malia and Pascal in a lie. And then that's when they turned on, on those guys and started to break, try to break up their group. But um, the road to four was really solid until... Too <clears throat> solid. Huh? Too solid. Yeah, yeah. They were really solid until, you know, you, you have one opportunity to break them down, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And when they, when they pulled me in... And I was able to see, you know, a little ray of, of, you know, discontent in the group. I was able to get in there and, mm-hmm. and we were able to break that up. But, you know, a lot of it was luck. You know, people had to be willing to hear you out. And yeah. back, and back then we didn't have a whole lot of masters of the game. Yeah. You know, I think back on our season, I think really John and Boston Rob were the true masters that understood the game, everybody else was kind of like just playing, playing the game as it went. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it, it became um, an easy target once, you know, you got in there, but, you know, they didn't show everything. Yeah. Had you guys even seen Survivor Africa when you played? You know, we were actually in Los Angeles when they did the, um, the swap. Okay. Yes, okay, so you knew it was a possibility. Exactly. We were sitting in L.A. Um, waiting for our flight, and they actually turned it on so we can watch it. And then that's when we saw them do the swap, and we were like, oh, man. So mm-hmm. then when they did it on our season, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, wasn't a big we shock. Like, but, wow, we just saw this. But what you guys really invented on your season was uh, this idea of, okay, there's four people that are in an alliance and us five people, uh, we're, we don't have an alliance, but if we all vote together, we can become the new uh, powerful group. And that's really what you guys invented on uh, Survivor Marquesas. And I think that was a very uh, historic moment in the history of this show. 
Oh, a lot of people, you know, got educated on our show in regards to different things like that. And you're absolutely right because for a while there, you know, there was a strong four on the model Amu group. And, you know, and that was with Gina, Hunter, myself, and, and Sean. And then, you know, ours got, got frazzled when we ended up having to do that, that crazy swap thingy. And um, then we started to break everybody down. But then we went over to the Rotu side, and then they had that solid four. So you're absolutely right. And there's always one odd person out, you know, that becomes that swing vote. Mm-hmm. Am I going to go with this side or am I going to go with this side? You know, who can give me the best, you know, the best deal? And I haven't, I don't know if I talk about it too much on this, uh, this show, but what you guys did was very much in my mind in, uh, Survivor of the Amazon, which was, you know, a year after you guys. But, uh, you know, I had a, a situation when there was seven people on left in the game. And I said, I'm going to take these other three people who aren't in the alliance and flip the whole thing over there. And I mm-hmm. think that, uh, you know, for, uh, I, I, what you guys did changed the history of the game. Nobody had ever done anything like that before. And I'm wondering, could there be something similar happening uh, this season to shift from these women in power that are controlling the game uh, or potentially controlling the game at this point? Um, that's, that's a good point because, you know, there, there's a group of misfits, and I hate to say this, but there's a group of misfits out there. I mean, when they did that... That swap and the one team was real strong with Sabrina and Kat and all those guys. And the other team just looked like a group of misfits. I'm sorry. You know, they couldn't. <laughs> Peasants, they couldn't I believe. Challenge. But that group of misfits now, you know, since it's now an individual game, you can get a fairly strong alliance there because I think you'd have some solid, loyal people there. Mm-hmm. And I think that there'll be a group of people that maybe on some of these other alliances that, hey, if you come up with the right money, you know, I'll flock. And that's part of the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all pans out and who becomes possibly a swing vote. Because right now, this is the first time, I think they set a precedent. This is the first time that they've merged or that they've gone to an individual game with 12 people. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I'm not ready. I'm not going to... Uh... Totally co-sign that. I want to say that it's it's happened before in twenty four seasons, but uh, I could be I could be wrong. It does not, it, it yeah, has not, not happened sure. many times. Yeah, I'm not sure. I always thought it's been around ten. Yeah, usually. They, yeah. So, but that was really interesting because it looked like a hell of a lot of people sitting there. <laughs> yeah, it did. Going into an individual game, I was like, oh my god, it's a lot of yeah. people. I mean, what I think is going to happen is I think that the Solani tribe is going to stay together where I think it's going to be uh, these, you know, everybody. It's uh, Sabrina, Chelsea, Kim, Kat, Tro- uh, Troyzan, Jay, and uh, um, so there was actually seven there. So uh, and Michael. So that's seven. I, I keep thinking it's six and six. So it's uh, there's seven Solani. And then I think they're going to reabsorb Alicia. And so that makes eight potentially with that group. And then I right. think that I think men versus women is out the window. I think that Troyzan and Jay are going to stick with that bigger group. But it's almost like uh, Troyzan and Jay, I think, could really swing this game uh, if they end up going back to the men and then keeping uh, Christina with the men also. So yeah. Christina is almost like with uh, 
you know, she's with Jonas. Then Alicia's yeah. going back with the women. Uh, I don't, I can't follow where this is all going. I think there's going to be some subsets um, in here. You know, yeah, there may be those that Falani tried that that just finished. They may be together, but I really believe that there are going to be some subset groups where it's going to be maybe a, a, a women's alliance. <laughs> And um, Christina may be the odd person out, or they'll try to just bring her in just so they can be solid for as long as they can. Because right now, when you look at men versus women, it's six versus six. Um, but then when you look at Solani versus, what is the other? Manono. The what? Manono. The, yeah, Manono. When you look <laughs> at them, the other group is stronger. So I think that they may still have that little sub subgroup of women that they'll just kind of like hold on to to see if, if they can keep them as solid as possible as well. Okay, now you bring up six versus six, uh, men versus women. Now, let I don't think it's going to play out this way, but let's just say hypothetically it did play out. Okay, the six men say, look, we're the men, we're going to stick together on this. W- women say, we're the women, we're going to stick together on this. And we go to a tribal council, and it's going to be a six versus six. And we had a very similar situation uh, last season. Uh, actually, did they merge at twelve? La- did they merge at twelve last season? Because we had a uh, six versus six at at that point. I feel like, um, oh. or maybe it was it was it five versus five. Then who knows, Vesepia at this point. Uh, but we had this guy Cochran uh, last season who he didn't want anything to do with this uh, stalemate because he didn't want anything to do with the purple rock. Rock, yeah, and that's something that you know uh, a little bit about as well. Absolutely. So that's another, uh, you know, piece of survivor history. So mm-hmm. you're you're sitting there. Uh, what is it, day thirty seven? Uh, yeah. And they and they bring out this bag of uh, a bag of marbles here for for you guys. Did you have any idea that this is what a two two tie comes down to? No, no, you know, and it was it was kind of frustrating for the three of them because you know I didn't have to pull a rock, and yeah. the choice the the choice really came down to um, okay. So, Pascal, you need to make a decision. And obviously he didn't want to vote for Nalia. And unfortunately for his choice of not voting for Nalia, then his name goes into the, the pot, you know, into the bag. Yeah. And he wasn't even up to be voted out, which was, you know, the worst part about it. Yeah. And then for him to say, oops, this feels like purple to me and pulls it out and it is purple. That was a, a just a messed up way to get taken out of the game. And so, but that night, this is what's crazy to me. So that night that you guys pulled a, you know, a rock out of the bag. Now, 20 seasons later, 10 seasons later, we <laughs> don't ever go back to that bag of rocks ever again. I don't think that is the most trifling way to get voted out. And nobody <laughs> wants to want to put their fate in a freaking purple rock. I mean, really, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, it's brilliant in the in the fact that somebody at some point somebody's always going to say I'm not picking a rock out of a bag. <laughs> you know, it seems like there has been opportunities for that to happen, mm-hmm. but it's never gotten to that because everybody always thinks, "Oh no, I'm not putting my faith in no purple rock." Yeah, you know, and so we've never seen it transpire to that again. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we've set a precedence on that. Nobody wants to go there. Yeah. And then for a while they were doing, uh, okay, it's 2-2. Two, two, now you have to make a fire. 
right. but I, I don't, then we were, it seems like, but if it's not two, two, you're picking rocks out of the bag. It's very, it's very, they don't really tell you what the rules are as far as the tiebreaker goes. It's sort of like, uh, I know from experience, uh, asking, Hey, so what happens if it's ties? It's like, Oh, we'll tell you when you get there. It's sort of, uh, they don't really like to talk about what the rule is. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost as if they may have a couple of different tricks up their sleeve that they would mm-hmm. want to kind of throw out there, and you never really know until the moment happens. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I mean, even like if you know if this season happens uh, like last season where it's say, oh it's six six going to travel council, there's no chance somebody doesn't say okay I'm gonna go I'm gonna go, like Christina doesn't say oh well, I don't want to pull a purple rock out of the bag I'm gonna vote with the men here so I don't have to don't have to uh, deal with that so it is it really was a history only poor Pascal is the yeah. only person that ends up getting burned by this purple rock. <laughs> you know I would I would really gather to think that. Somebody from this, if it, let's say if it boils down to that, if there's three people and it boils down to that, I think somebody would have the balls to say, you know, let's just do it. You know, whatever happens, happens. I think somebody would and make a total fool of themselves. Yeah. Oh, to pull the rock? Yeah, pull the rock and be like, you idiot. You know, that happened before and somebody got voted out that wasn't supposed to. Why even go down there? But I think somebody in this group would probably have the balls to say, I'm going to do this because I know it ain't going to be me. Sounds like Tarzan. <laughs> or Alicia. I think Alicia would do some mess like that. Yeah. What, what do you make of this Tarzan? I, I'm loving Tarzan. You know, he, he has the potential of becoming a very strong player as far as vocally and becoming a, a strong name to, to kind of end the season. Um, I, I like him. I love I love the way he has his flavor. He's got a nice little swagger about himself. You know, he's, He's kind of like the Papa Bear. You know, it seems like every season has some type of Don Papa Bear, you know. <laughs> but he's a, a Papa Bear on the ghetto tip, you know, because he, he got a little raunchiness to himself, you know. And, and, <laughs> and a lot of people like him. I mean, even today when I was telling people that I was doing this, they were just like, oh, just let him know that, you know, that Tarzan dude, he is all that. You know, he's come from back from way back in the day type. And, you know, he's a great person to have on there. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I thought another really uh, interesting moment that came out of last night. So this Christina, you know, uh, she's – for whatever reason, uh, <laughs> Colton and Alicia, they, they just hate her. <laughs> they hate her and they're very mean to her. And so she goes to Jonas and is like, look, Jonas, look, let me – I'll do whatever you want. Uh, just uh, Alicia, she's with the women. Uh, you got to – you got to get rid of her. And then we have uh, Alicia sneaks up on Christina and gets busted. Uh, yeah. Did you ever have a moment like this where uh, you got busted uh, talking to somebody or were you the buster at some point? I never got busted, but one thing that came very close to happening is, you know, we were getting close to the final four. And, um, just before that, my luxury item, which I don't even think they do luxury items anymore. If they no. do, we don't see them. But my luxury item was a book of poetry that I had written, and somebody had a pencil. And so I would sit down with different people, and they didn't show a whole lot of this, but I would sit down with different people on my season and just ask them questions about themselves. Because in the back of my mind, I remembered that they always had a challenge where you had to remember stuff mm-hmm. about the people. So I was like, you know, just in case, let me just subtly have conversations. You know, this was part of my social game. Get to know folks. 
and just get to know some key information. You know, I've asked folks if they had dogs and, you know, how many children, what's their kids' names. And I would go out in the woods and I would write this stuff down in the back of my book of poetry. Very smart. And one day, Zoe came up behind me and she said, what are you doing? And she scared me. And I was like, oh, nothing. And she kind of looked at the book and she saw the names that I was writing down. Mm -hmm. And I think that she was going to go back and tell everybody, but she ended up getting voted out. Oh, that was good. She was the only one that knew that I was sneaking off and writing this stuff down. Mm -hmm. And so... If she would have stayed around, she would have straight up busted and said, you guys, we need to get that book from Vesepia because she's got all kind of stuff on every single person here. And, and you know, if we have that challenge, she's going to win it. Yeah. And yeah well, they, that was I, really the only time. Yeah, I can't think of a time that uh, I got caught, uh, you know, talking too late. It happens to me all the time in real life. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> it doesn't happen to me too often uh, on Survivor. I feel like I was very careful on Survivor to make sure nobody hears me. It happens pretty much, uh, you know, once a week in real life. Right. <laughs> you still playing a game of Survivor even after being on Survivor, huh? <laughs> uh, no, it's more like things that, uh, you know, uh, my wife doesn't want, I want my wife to hear or anything like that. Nothing, nothing too bad. Um, so, but with this, uh, Christina, what do you, like, I almost feel like, uh, you know, the, the worst is over for her because now it's the merge and everybody wanted her out, but now it's time to, okay, who's the physical threat? Who's going to win an immunity challenge that we need to get rid of? And I feel like Christina is almost saved by the merge. Yeah. You know, and the one thing I, and again, going back to the fact that we don't see everything, I'm still trying to understand what did she do that pisses these guys off so much. We don't know. All of these women are strong, headstrong, you know, will, will talk you under the, under the floor mat. And I'm like, what did she do? So in, in a sense, a little bit, I saw some of myself and her because when we ended up merging and going over to the row two, we knew we were the odd persons out. Mm-hmm. And we had to do what we had to do. And so, you know, I jumped ship and I jumped on to the Rotu group and until, you know, and rode that for as long as I could. If you want to call it riding coattails, then, hey, yeah, I rode coattails to get me where I needed to be. But it helped me. And I see her doing that same thing, that she's probably going to be riding Jonas's coattail for a little while. And then if those girls want to pull her in, yeah, I'll ride y'all for a while. But I also got, you know, a little ace in the hole also over here. Mm-hmm. And so I see a lot of, of myself and her, and I think at some point she's going to have to make some very smart moves that yeah. may, may piss some people off. But, hell, you know, um, they pissed her off, and, you know, they've done stuff to her, so it's about time for her to do what she needs to. So who do, you think, who do you think ends up being the target here now that, now that we're merged? Because traditionally you start going for, all right, who is the best athlete, uh, at, you know, at the merge? And, you know, that was true on Survivor, uh, you know, uh, around Survivor 4. That's still true on Survivor 24 when Ozzy gets voted off, you know, right right after they merged last time. So, but the two guys that you might say that are the biggest physical threats, uh, probably Troy Zan and Jay and Michael, uh, I don't feel like they're in danger here, right, when we merge. Um, If you look at, like you said, if you look at physical strength. I think um, the Solani group will probably keep them because they may want to try to keep their little 
group together. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that's got a big ass mouth, excuse my French, is you know um, Alicia, and I think that she'll have a big target on her back right now. Mm-hmm. Forward, and um, if they decide if if one of the guys, Mike or Jay or Tarzan, ends up winning um, one or two of these first individual challenges, then um, they're going to be after him. Yeah, I'm worried. I think Tarzan could be the target here. Mm-hmm. I think so. Just because he is the only person, he just not while he's not a physical threat, he just does not have a relationship with any of the women. Like you have, you know, these guys that went to Solani, they all have good relationships with the women. Jonas, uh, he seems like he could have relationships with the women. It seems like the women love Leaf. Um, but this Tarzan, he does not even want to talk to these women. Uh, he says to Christina, he doesn't even want to be her friend. <laughs> that was, ter- that was terrible. It was terrible. But again, being that he's not a real physical threat, they may look at him as a liability and just keep him around, you know, for as long as they need to. Um, you know, we always have some of those on every season that people just keep around just as your little, your cushion. That mm-hmm. you know that you're going to have a solid vote from them. And the one thing that I've really noticed about this season is I don't see a whole lot of social game going on yet. It's just that, you know, either they're yelling at each other or they're just um, just hanging out. And I don't see a whole lot of really a, a social um, game being played. I mean, what's his name? Colton had it, but he was very dogmatic. He was a dictator, you know, so he was kind of too arrogant with it. But mm-hmm. some of the others, you really don't see it the way you used to see it back when we were out there playing the game. You really saw the social game kind of like take take its um its own um, life mm-hmm. and really allow the game to flow. Now you mentioned Colton. A lot of people felt like this was karma catching up uh, to Colton. <laughs> And uh, now I know that you uh, were uh, one one of the more uh, religious players in Survivor in the in the early history. Are you buying into? Was this divine intervention that Colton got taken out of the game? Well, firstly, I'm gonna tell you, I'm not a religious person. I'm a very spiritual person, and that I, I live my spirituality. But I think that you know, yeah, Colton, um, he created his own demise. You know, God don't like ugly. I say that all the time. <laughs> And and this situation, he was just straight nasty, and it was really unnecessary and uncalled for. There was some ugly stuff that he said, and I think it finally came back to bite him. I hate to to throw that at somebody, and I'm not trying to put anything on anyone, mm-hmm. but I think it come back to bite him. Yeah. And maybe you know, and some, and I hate to say this, but maybe he put himself in that position. Maybe he felt he had played his game to the fullest, and it was like, okay, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I don't think know, he was faking it. I don't think so. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't put nothing past people nowadays. That's true. Survivor, so, uh, you know, we, we will never really know. Yeah. But we can always speculate. Yeah. I once said that I didn't think that Jesus had a vested interest in Survivor, but after seeing what I saw last night with Colton uh, <laughs> being just laid out flat from the game, uh, I, I'm reconsidering this, and especially with uh, Tim Tebow coming to my Jets. I, I think okay. that this is. Uh, oh, yeah, you lucky dog. I have, you. I have seen the light, Vesepia. <laughs> but you know what? When we look at situations like that, like even on our season, Boston Rob had a very similar situation where, bless his heart, he didn't have a bowel movement for like 12 days. <laughs> and one day 
he was laid out on the beach, curled up in a fetal position. Yeah. They didn't him out of the game. They came out there and looked at him for a moment. And then he finally he, he finally had a bowel movement, and he was fine. So maybe Colton just needed to have a damn bowel movement, you know? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> who knows who knows um, but uh you know back to uh your uh spirituality now yes. this is something that i have also been uh, noticing has evolved over the years on on survivor <laughs> and has become in reason not so much this season but over the last couple seasons has really uh gotten you know much you know i feel like even 10 years ago i don't think that spirituality was so much in our politics uh it has now uh become a you know a big issue in every in every walk of life survivor no exception and i wanted to know what do you think about uh the way that spirituality and religion has entered survivor especially over the last couple seasons with uh you know with coach leading prayer circles uh right. over, over the whole tribe and then with all the redemption island and Matt Elrod and all the stuff from the season before that i'd love to know what you think about the evolution of religion on survivor well you know we always try to put religion or spirituality or whatever on the back burner but the reality is it is part of our life and it's part of our culture, just like gay people are part of our life, just like um, racism is a part of our life. And if, if Survivor is supposed to be reality television, then show all of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think that they overexpose it, like they show people too religious-minded, and sometimes it makes me feel bad as a Christian to look at some of the, the things that they do show and they do portray, and I'd be like okay, enough already, you know, yeah, I can guarantee this is going to be cracked on, on the Internet. But, you know, that's a, that's the reality of it. You have your extremists that are Christians, and mm-hmm. you, have, you have your more subtle ones. But it's based on how the editing, you know, portrays it and makes it to look out. But I think it's great. You know, just like I think it's great to see, you know, gays on there. I think it's great to see, you know, African-American being real about their culture and who they are and cussing and fussing and doing the things that they do, because that's what you see in day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think it's um, it's long overdue. And who knows what's going to happen next? I mean, you know, our season was one of the first seasons to really have a strong religious base. Yeah, I think we- it was the first. Yeah, we had a Mormon, we had um, some atheists, we had a gay Christian, we had myself, we had Sean, who was a Christian, but cussed and fussed at everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we had, um, who was that, um, uh, who was the number one person that got voted off on my season? Peter I, Harkey, Peter. yes. Yeah, Peter, he, you know, he was very spiritual and religious-minded, but he followed he was a very, left He was very holy, wasn't he? Yes. Very, <laughs> extremely holy, Peter Harkey. Really? So, you know, to see all that, you know, really made people think twice about, you know, religion and spirituality and, and television. But you have, we have seen it really evolve. And I think it became, a, it really became a forefront when um, the young man that went, that spent all their time on Exile Island. Matt uh, Elrod, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he really made people begin to think twice about it and saying, wow, you know, maybe God does have his hand you know, in this game. And I don't care what anybody says. I know God's hand was on me in my mm-hmm. game, whether it was luck, whether it was him or what. But there were times where I heard him talking to me, and there were, at day three, I wanted to leave the game. 
And he told me, just as I'm talking to you right here, I didn't bring you out here to quit. Mm-hmm. And he said, I want you to play just like them. These rules were not made for just them. These rules were made for all these. So you play just like them. Yeah. And, you know, so it brings a different feel to it, especially if they allow people to really expose um, their true beliefs in their systems. Whether you, whether you believe it or not, it really brings a different dynamic to the game. Well, V, I'm going to be re-examining all of these aspects in my life now that Tim Tebow is a part of my life. And, uh, I'm sure you are. I, I, might, I might start I a, 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 a religious podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start a Godcast, I think, after this. <laughs> hey, I'll be on it, so don't Ooh, worry about it. Okay. <laughs> You know what? I was hoping Tebow wasn't going to the Cowboys, but I don't even think they're trying to get anybody. They're no. killing. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I told you we got uh, so many questions uh, for you uh, from our listeners because uh, you know they just uh, people have a lot of questions for you, V. And uh, you know you're not one of these uh, overexposed people that uh, you know everybody knows everything they're thinking. People have a lot of questions that they've been waiting for the answers for. Well, let's go for it. Let's hear them. All right, so let's let's go through uh, some of this. Okay, let's start. Let's start at the top. Uh, okay, on the subject that we're talking about, uh, Chris Donahue wants to know. So, did God help Boston Rob win Redemption Island? Is that what God wanted? <laughs> did God say, "Finally, I don't want to keep seeing this guy over and over and over again"? Can I just give him a million dollars? Oh, that's funny. You know, I would like to say maybe God just said, dude, you know, I'm just going to let you win this stuff because <laughs> we don't want to see you noting more. And, you know, maybe he had a hand. I don't know. I would like to think that. But, um, you know, you, re- you never really know. And I don't know what his uh, Christian or religious beliefs are. No, he um, tried. He tr- got wanted to vote out Matt Elrod and uh, because he was reading the Bible. It, Oh, yeah, he wanted to vote. I mean, he called up the, he came to me one day and said, where is your God now? I mean, all kind of different stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, so, you know, maybe God said, let me just bless this dude because, yeah, people are tired of seeing him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, this is from uh, Lucas Farr. He wants to know, uh, what other past contestants do you compare your game to? Um, so I, I'd be interested to know this, uh, and not just you know contestants that came before you, but contestants that came after you as well. Who else do you think f- played a similar game to you? Wow. You know, when I think back, um, because now I have to be honest with you, some of these shows, they just kind of like run into each other. I try to think <laughs> of who the heck is on them, and I can't. So I always got to go back to my first love, and, and that is like the top, like, seven seasons. And I would have to say, like, Danny Boatwright. Oh. Her and I played a kind of a, a same strategic game. She was kind of quiet throughout. Um, then at the last minute, you started to see her evolve towards the end. And, um, you know, she's a, a physical um, player like me. You know, she loves sports like me. And, you know, I saw a lot of me in her and a lot of her in me. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's a good one, Danny Boatwright. And I like her. And I would, you know, if, if ever they actually do a real Survivor winners show or season, I would love to be out there with her and really compete against her. I mean, a lot of people want to see, um, what was the chick that was out there in Exile Island by herself all the time? Um, 
like I said, these names just. Uh, that, did she, uh, did she win? No, she didn't win. Oh, uh, well, uh, I sugar? No, not sugar. But anyway, um, you know, she would be the, the one that I would love to just be able to compete against. Cause I know that she won't take things seriously because she's a fierce competitor. Mm-hmm. And those are the type of people that I like to get out there. Those ones that just want to get out there and just, you know, put the, put the, put the metal to the pedal and just play a hard yeah. core game. Uh, but V, hopefully uh, when you get out there, you won't be having a Tarzan moment and you could remember who this person is. Shut up. Do you have nominal you know, aphasia? You know, to be honest, I'm getting old. I'm 46 <laughs> years old now. They better okay. not call me when I'm 50. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is this is very interesting. Uh, the I, you know, uh, Sandra, who put who first put me in touch with you. Uh, you know, she tells me about. Uh, you know, she talks to all these winners. I get the sense that all you winners, you know, get together and smoke your cigars and what? laugh at the rest of us. <laughs> no, Sand, you know, Sandra and I, we talk periodically. You know, she definitely gives me some insights because you know she she's in the mix. You know, they call her for all kind of stuff. They they just call me to say hi, and that's about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, she's got some insight. So she'll send me a quick little text, hey, player, guess what's this, you know, and she'll fill me in on stuff. But that that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And outside of any, I talked to, I used to talk to Tina quite a bit. I haven't talked to her in a long time. And, you know, Yule, I, I talk to him periodically, but that's it, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, maybe uh, the rest of them sit around and smoke cigars, but, you know. <laughs> v, let me I, ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, if you went on Survivor four times, how how many times would you win if you went on four times? Number one, I wouldn't do it four times. <laughs> I'm enough sorry. enough. Yeah. Because you, you got to think, at some point, people should be saying enough is enough already. Aren't there other people that you can bring back out there? Yeah. You know, and maybe because they were fan favorites at some at some point, I'm sorry, the folks that I talked to, they're like, are they going to bring that person back out again? <laughs> yeah. so, what about this person? I mean, I've had several people ask about you, you know, yeah. and there, there are some other people that... Now, are you, you know, sure? Oh, are you sure they were talking about this, Rob? Shut up. <laughs> I know the difference, okay? Okay. And, I don't know. And, maybe the person you were talking to gets confused. And... <laughs> And these are, you know, these are old school lovers of the game. So oh. these are that remember like the top seven and eight episodes, you know, seasons. Yeah. Uh, so when you ask them about the current seasons or the ones that have happened the last three years, they're like, who are these people? Mm-hmm. Uh, John DeBono wants to know, uh, I think you played a great and very underrated game. Uh, do you think that more loud and abrasive players like Russell and Colton play expecting to win or do they just want to be interesting characters now i've never gotten your opinion on russell uh what do you make of uh, russell hance and his three times on the show i'm so tired of russell <laughs> <laughs> i i am and no one ended up bringing his nephew out i was like really <laughs> on now um but i think a lot of them do come on to to put a show on mm-hmm and now this is something that I heard, and I don't know how true this is, but I was told that when they try to profile the, the quote-unquote African-Americans to be on the season, yeah. that for the African-American male, they're looking for the Ivy League type of schoolboy, 
hmm. type of handsome African-American guy. And then for the African-American woman, the prototype is the loud, obnoxious ghetto type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they said that that changed after my season. Okay. And again, I don't know how true that is, but when you think about it and you look at the past, African-American males and females that were on there outside of Philip. Yeah. You know, they kind of fit that prototype. And I'm not saying that I agree with it. Yeah. But when I heard that, I began to start looking. I'm like, is that what they're doing? Are they stereotyping the African-Americans in these these different groups? Yeah. Oh, I've, I've always felt that we don't really get a fair cross-section of the African-American people that I, that I, because the, for the most part, the people that I, that I've met in my life, the, uh, the African-American people that I have, uh, met are not exactly like the people, if I just, if I didn't know anybody and I just watched TV and, uh, I, and I was meeting, I, I don't really know a Nayanka in my, in my real life. Like, right. I don't think this was... <laughs> necessarily the most representative person they could have. if they only have one slot they could try to find somebody exactly, <laughs> exactly. and then the, the other time that they had more was when they separated us and, and you yeah. know they had the five blacks but you're right i mean you know a lot of times and i don't want to be harsh and nasty but you know i go down to to east oakland and, you know, I, I can see a lot of the stereotypes that they be trying to put on Survivor, and that's not right. Yeah. Because you know, we we have such a wide variety of different individuals in our culture. Mm-hmm. And it's just unfortunate that we get labeled, and then when you see it on the show, we don't know if it's editing that's putting us out like that. Because yeah. I'm, there could have been some times on my season, they could have edited me to be nasty and ugly. Mm-hmm. But they edited me to be quiet and, you know, not doing a dang thing. Yeah. Well, what about Sabrina this season? We haven't really talked too much about her. Uh, I mean, she seemed at, at first she seemed like she was, a, uh, you know, she had a lot to say the first two episodes and she seemed like she was uh, very uh, somewhat aggressive. And now she so, seems to have mellowed out the last couple of weeks. You know, and they do that stuff. And I don't understand why they choose to do that. Because you're right. I was just like, okay, so this chick is going to go somewhere. Either she's getting ready to get voted out because they spotlighting her a hell of a lot, or she's going to be one of these strong players all the way throughout. And I began to relate to her, and I began to like her. She had a lot of likability. Yeah. She wasn't dogging people out. She was speaking real. She was talking strategy, and they were really showing her evolve. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, bam, you don't hear anything from her again. Mm-hmm. And so she may be one of those ones where they started off strong, and now she'll be silent for a while and blow back up. Yeah. But, I, you know, I'm hoping that she stays around for, for a bit, you know. And she's another teacher also. Nayanka yeah. was a teacher. You know, Sean was a teacher. You know, it's really in- interesting how they pull these teachers, mm-hmm. you know, for, for Survivor when it comes to the African-Americans. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she's going anywhere for a while. I think you're going to be, uh, she's in this thing for the long haul. I I hope so, because I think her character has been really good for the show. Um, I think she's very likable. Yeah. I think if anybody, she could be one of those ones that could play a really good social game and really get to know um, people so that, you know, when it's time to vote, they'll like her for who she is. Uh, Well, uh, V, let me ask you this. 
And uh, I, I, I want to know the truth now. Uh, keep it 100 with me, okay? So right. are you going to uh, root for her to win the game, or do you want to be the only African-American woman winner <laughs> of Survivor? You know what? Uh, as, a, as a fierce competitor, I always know that um, the reins don't last for long. <laughs> um, it it would have been nice to always be the only African-American, you know, but Earl eventually yes. stepped up and won. So I know at some point this could happen. Am I going to root for her to win? Probably not. Yeah. But, um, you know, if she does win, I'm going to give her her mad props. And when I do see her, I'm going to congratulate her. You're not going to hate. No, no, no. But I'm not. I'm not going to be like, oh, come on, vote her out. Come on, vote her out. Well, what about what about Suri, who came close? What did you think of Suri? You know, can I be real with you? Of, of course, I demand that you were real with me. You know, I, I like Suri. Her and I are cool. We've always been been cool. Um, but it always seems that Survivor finds their tokens, the ones that fit in each category that they will showcase. And Cherie happens to be the token for the African-American women, just like James is mm-hmm. the token for the African-American men. You know, I think that she's a great character. People love her. I thought it was embarrassing one time when we were all in Michigan, and her and I were sitting next to each other, and we literally switched our name tags, and people were coming up to me uh, saying, oh, Cherie, you're wonderful. Yeah. And I was like, unbelievable. And we just laughed and joked at it. But, um, you know, I think she's good people. And I thought that she was really good for, for Survivor. Let me read between the lines here. You're saying, how come they bring Suri back three times and I'm only there once? Oh, I always ask myself that question. <laughs> Why? You know, yeah. I ask that question all the time. You know, what's up? You know, what is it that I didn't do that she did? And maybe they felt that she was a lot more likable. And, you know, Jeff Probst did say one day, well, although the second one, she wasn't memorable. And that's kind of like stuck with a lot of people. And they keep saying, well, you know, Jeff did say you weren't memorable. That why they you remember that. Back. Yeah. And I say, I don't know, but his <laughs> words carry a lot of clouds. So maybe yeah. that is, you know? Uh, well, uh, I don't remember Jeff Probst saying that. Uh, so, that uh, well, I, I, yeah, I think you were memorable, Vesepia. Well, I appreciate it, and, you know, it is what it is, and it would be nice to get back out there again and play, but, you know, I don't want to be waiting until I'm 50 years old for them to call me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) This is from Sam Liardi. He wants to know, is Leander still looking scrumptious? Now, I'd watch out. It sounds like the Sam is is after Leander. That's funny. Well, you know, um, unfortunately, Leander and I are no longer together. Oh, well... but is he still looking scrumptious? Um, you would have to ask his girlfriend about that. <laughs> okay. I don't, don't want to get I, in trouble. Him and I feel a very good friend, and we get along extremely well. We, you know, we take care of our son together, and, and you know, we have a good relationship. Yeah. That's and a great... I, don't, I, don't, I don't look at him as being scrumptious anymore. You know, that's, okay, not as... that's yeah. his girlfriend's thing to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Not as scrumptious as he used to be, but then again, who is? You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> All right, how about this is from Carl Headland. He wants to know, first, a comment, V. You did a masterful job navigating through to the win. You truly earned it. Now, my question is, if someone around you says, oh, my heck, do you want to strangle them? Is that true? <laughs> you know, to this day, outside of coconut, which I still don't eat, when I hear somebody say, oh, my heck, my ears go up. Who says that? Who, who do you... And some people, you know, some people will say it just to be annoying. They're like, Persephone, why does that... And Aaliyah used to say it. And I said, oh, my heck. And I go, oh, see, why did you have to go there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so... Uh, let's see. Uh, I've got some strategy questions. I got a bunch of, uh, okay. Here, here we go. How about this? Uh, this is from, uh, Mario Lanza, the esteemed Mario Lanza. He wants to know, uh, who really got Hunter voted out? Was it you or was it Boston Rob? He says he's heard both sides of this over the years. So who can take the credit for, uh, putting Hunter out of the game? Honestly, I think it was a combination between Boston Rob and Sean. Ooh. And because they were just really, really annoyed with the fact that Hunter was trying to be this whole mastermind of everything. I really was second pulling in Gina and, and Patricia and all of them. And, you know, Boston Rob really wanted to be the kingpin, which he was, you know, in our group. And But I was the swing bolt again. You know, it was like, am I going to go with Hunter or Gina? Or am I going to go with Sean and Boston Rob? And see, I had to go with looks over bronze. And Sean looked good, Boston Rob looked good, and that was the best way for me to go because I knew that I could at least have a decent relationship and a decent connection with with Sean. And then with Sean having a strong um, hand in, like, Boston Rob's decisions, that we could be a pretty solid group. Mm -hmm. And then also he had, you know, he had um, Sarah. In our group, so I felt that that would be the best way for me to go. But yeah, it was it was really Boston Rob. He he didn't like Hunter being the, the the big man on campus. He doesn't like that when somebody else is in the tribe that could uh, potentially uh, just tr- take the attention away. He doesn't like that. You know what? When there's too many roosters in the in the hen house, somebody's <laughs> got to go down. It always comes and- down to roosters on Survivor. Yeah, yeah, and there were too many roosters, and somebody had to get pecked, and, and Hunter was the one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, another question from Mario Lanza, and this is interesting. He wants to know, I just thought of something that I've always wanted to know about Vesepia. In your Marquesas bio, it said that you were a member of the U.S. Military Sports Hall of Fame, and he wants to know how you got inducted into that and for what sport. Now, first of all, is this true? Are you in the U.S. Military Sports Hall of Fame? Yes, that is true. I'm actually inducted. I was one of the first of 11 people inducted in the U.S. Air Forces in Europe Sports Hall of Fame. So if you go to Ramstein Air Force Base, you will see um, my name up there as one of the first um, inductees uh, initiated into it. And basically, I got initiated and inducted based on four sports that I played when I was stationed in Europe, which is basketball, softball, volleyball, and then flag football. You're a quadruple threat, Vesepia? <laughs> See? These things folks don't know about. Yes, because I actually have a picture of the front of the Interceptor, which was the magazine of our base in Europe, and I have a basketball in one hand, I have a baseball in another hand, I have 
volleyball um, pad, knee pads on, my baseball pants on, and my basketball jersey shirt on, and I'm sitting there and they're saying inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Glad I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now here's this was a common question that people were asking. Uh Jessica Frey wants to know, can we get a juicy untold Boston Rob story? Uh Tyler James Linder says I want some good Boston Rob stories from his crazy bachelor days. Uh Brock Check uh, Brock Cheek wants to know, tell us a great never before heard Boston Rob story. Now you told us about uh, that he was constipated at one point, but I'm sure uh, knowing a few Boston Rob stories myself, I'm sure you could do better than that. Oh, you guys, why do you want to put me on the spot? I know you're wrong. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, honestly, I don't know a whole lot. <laughs> but see, now if Sean was on this call, he can give you the juice because they talk all the time. They still yeah. talk. And they were the ones, they would go off places and have long conversations. And I, a lot of times I really wasn't even in, into that mix. So I, you know, whether I was just blinded to some crap, I really didn't get all involved in that. So I'm sorry. I don't have any juice on Boston Rob like that. <laughs> yeah, I I'll, wish I did, but I don't. Yeah, all I'll say is the, the pre-being uh, married Boston Rob, uh, much, 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 much different than the uh than the married uh Boston Rob. Like he re- yeah. he really got his money's worth out of that two years between Survivor Marquesas and then being married on Survivor All Stars. So that his two years was equivalent to anybody else's like uh thirty five years. <laughs> he got I all- agree. I really, I really like the Boston Rob now though. I mean yeah. I, he's much more he, mellow. He was- yeah, he has a conscience now, you know, and you you see the ruthless come out, but then you see him kind of like break it down, and you really see that softer side. So I, I do appreciate. Yeah, uh, he's a changed man. He really is. He really. <laughs> is. Okay, um, let's see. How about uh, Clay Halford? Wants to know how much convincing did Pascal and Nalia actually need to vote out John at the final nine? Did it all come as a result of the coconut chop challenge? It, it actually did because they felt that they were that John got really, really cocky at that mm-hmm. coconut challenge, and everybody was kind of like watching each other. Like, can you believe this? You know, he feels that he has masterminded this entire challenge, and then after that challenge, we came back to the camp. And myself, Nalia, and um, Pascal, we were sitting in our tent, and they they basically asked me, "We need to know, are you with them?" Because they're telling us that you're with them. And I, and that one day, and again, this is how my spirituality plays with me. Because the Holy Spirit told me, "You need to tell them the truth." Man, it said, "If if you don't if you don't tell the truth any other time, you need to tell them the truth right here and now." And I said. Yes, I was with them. And Malia looked at me and said, we are so glad you told us because they told us that you were with them. And then that's when we decided to vote John out. And then it wasn't 20 minutes later, John came to me and he goes, I know I'm going home tonight. Whatever you did, you made the right move. Whoa. So, you know, a lot of this stuff people did not see or did not know. But, um, yeah, it was just amazing how when we came back, it was like, 
did you see the cockiness that was going on? And they pulled me and they said, you, we need to know. Were yeah. you with them? The pride cometh before the fall on Survivor. All the time. It's like Colton. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it was even amazing that he even said, like, uh, you know, you could either quit, you could you could have a nice time, or you could jump in the fire and get medevaced out of the game. And, and not tw- 24 hours later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they, they played that perfectly, you know. Yeah. He said that, and then it happened. Yeah. Uh, that was that was amazing. Uh, L- Logan Saunders wants to know, uh, Vesepia, why do you think people were so willing to overthrow who was in power back in the Marquesas, Amazon, Pearl Islands, Vanuatu era of the earlier seasons? But in recent seasons, people uh, don't in power don't seem to be getting overthrown. Now, uh, I have a theory about this. Uh, wh- do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, well, let me hear yours first. Okay. Uh, well, you know, these last couple of years, uh, we have these seasons uh, like last season and like Boston Rob's season where, you know, we just have one tribe just picking off uh, the other tribe. But I think that there's a direct correlation between seasons where we have a switch and seasons where one tribe gets picked off after the merge. It just, you know, you don't know the other people well enough. And if you have a switch, you get to sort of intermingle and get to know everybody. And whereas if you don't, it's like, well, I'm better off with the devil I know, whether uh, it's Coach, whether it's Boston Rob. I'm better off sticking with my guy uh, and maybe I'll win immunity at the end or maybe I'll, ma- I'll ha- make something happen when we get down to five rather than when you know everybody. Then you say, OK, well, now there's there's nine people. Let's take these five and vote all against these four and you can do a lot of stuff with because you know everybody. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point because every time when there is a switch, the game does get shaken up. But it's like when you just keep things at status quo, it's like, well, what's going to happen? These guys are just going to stick stick together until the end, and it's inevitable that they're going to have to start picking each other off. Yeah, and it just it, it all boils down to who do you feel strongest with. Mm-hmm. You know, who do you feel that you can win against in the end? And it makes the game boring and it makes the game a little bit too predictable. Yeah. And so that's the one thing that I have definitely appreciated about Survivor One World is because they've had already three major shifts in the game. Mm-hmm. And it really makes them think and, and really look like, oh, man, who can I really trust? Who can I really connect with? And it, it makes it for it makes it for a much interesting game and, and turnout. Yeah. Uh, v, if I can get your support as to be the survivor czar, I will I will make it a ruling that we will have a switch every season. <laughs> I would love that. Love and I'll pull it. some strings for a seven up commercial for you also. Oh, do a seven up commercial, try to get me back out there to play. <laughs> you make it work, and I will be up there. <laughs> I even wear an R on, on a T-shirt for Rob. <laughs> okay, and not, and not and make it say and not Boston Rob. <laughs> no, I didn't say which Rob. Okay. Oh, okay. Know. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, that's meant to be Rob. You know. <laughs> well, that was what was so confusing for me at the I, when I showed up at the All Stars finale and I saw Amber walking around with an I Heart Rob T-shirt on, and I said, "Oh my God." Now, what if what if uh, somebody thinks she's talking about me? This is going to be a whole scandal. Did you really think that? Come on now. No, nobody else thought that. Uh, 
<laughs> this is from uh, Angie. And uh, she says, uh, Vesepia, I've never understood why you are the most underrated winner. Now, is that is that true? Are you the most underrated winner? People say that, but then there's a lot of people that say, no, Vesepia, I don't think you are most underrated. I just think that they're not giving you the props that you deserve. Now, they're not we- saying you're the most overrated winner, are they? Oh, heck no. no. Of course not. <laughs> 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 but they do... You know, the question does get asked all the time, why don't we see you doing stuff? How come you're not going back out there? Are they calling you? And I, and I simply say, you know, you need to call CBS and ask them that question because I can't answer it. Yeah. And then I also say, I did get an initial call for the very first one, but that was it. So I mm-hmm. don't know what the, what the deal is. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not one of the chosen children. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it's, it's evident by the fact that my phone is not ringing. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, a lot of people ask me that, you know, that and tell me that they think that I'm very underrated when it comes to a winner. And I appreciate that because I know what I did. And the people that were out there with me, they know what I did and they know what I did to get to where I was. Yeah. Well, maybe you need to be like uh, Boston Rob and uh, go to one of these finales and then call out the winner and say, like, you show up uh, at the finale and say, Sophie, I'm going to kick your butt all over the island. People would be stunned and shocked to hear something yes. like that coming out of my mouth, you know? <laughs> you stand up and say, Sophie, in your face. <laughs> I mean, I've had people come to me and say, what would it take for us to get you out there? We've got thousands of people that want to write letters. And, oh, well, this is... and I always tell them, I said, you know what? I'm not even going to try to do that. If they want me to come back out there, then, then they will. They will give me a call. But I'm not going to try to do no campaign to get yep. back out there. V, you know, I got it. I got it. Yeah. We we need so this is what we need to ha- have happen. Sabrina has to win, okay? Right. Then you we get you to the finale, and you say, "I'm the real African American winner of Survivor, <laughs> not you." The original. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is that's right. That's right. Yes. You know, regardless of what happens, can't nobody take that away from me. Yeah, and then and then this is the new season, Sabrina versus Vesepia. Ooh, wouldn't that be good? <laughs> this could be good. You know, as, right. a, as a first competitor, uh, I would welcome anything like that. Okay, so you know, we got totally off the track. There was a whole question for Angie that we didn't even uh, get to answer. So uh, she says, I've never understood why you're the most underrated winner when you played a straight-up game without all the game drama. Now, how would you have reacted to Colton at the Tribal Council when he was saying negative things to Bill, and then she wants to know how would Sean have reacted? Uh, now that I that I'd like to know. I want I want to thank Angie for her you know her wonderful wonderful question. I think it's a great question. Um, in that situation, of course you're going to get fired up, um, but the reality is that Colton's never been around anybody like that, and. For me, I felt that it was all straight show on Colton's part. And it just, it just seemed too, too showcasey for me. And I, I felt that Bill was really affected, that he was really, really hurt. Um, I would have done kind of like what, um, I don't know if it was a Tarzan or who was that that said, why are we making this a black-white issue? Tarzan. Yeah, I would have done the same thing because it didn't even need to go there. You know, or poor Richie. It didn't need to go there. He decided to try to, to bash this guy for no reason. Now, Sean, on the other hand, 
Mm-hmm. John would have called him all kind of MS and Bs and, you know, SU and, you know, yeah. kiss my, you know, you, you're not from where I come from. I'm from, you know, Harlem, and I see this stuff every day. He would have kept it very street, you know, yeah. but in a very eloquent and mm-hmm. um, well-spoken way, as he always does. Yeah, there was really, you know, the two uh, things that came up. Now, the one was at the tribal council, but it really was more about uh, money. And it was more that he didn't like uh, Bill because Bill was a struggling stand-up comedian. Colton was like, hey, why don't you get a real job? And it seemed like, uh, I'm not sure how that ultimately ended up getting on the subject of race. I think Jeff sort of said, um, like, uh, I mean, Colton, did you do you know... Do you, is there anybody uh, that's African-American in your life? And he said, yes, my maid. Uh, but that was really br- <laughs> sort of taken in that direction by Jeff. The other thing was in uh, a confessional, which was not said in front of anybody, when Colton referred to Bill as ghetto trash, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was the one that he also took a lot of heat for. Yeah. And, you know, um, Rob, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, that's why that whole segment at Travel Council just seemed so freaking staged to me. Because mm-hmm. why all of a sudden is Jeff going to throw out something like that? You know, I couldn't yeah. understand where, you know, how he even got on that angle to throw that out there. And I don't know if they just knew Colton's background and Jeff decided to put it out there and put his business you know, out there, but I was just like, God, you know, why are you egging? Why are you even taking it that way? And I think that's another reason why I turned and got frustrated because it didn't seem like it had really gotten there yet until Jeff made that statement. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Jeff's getting ready for his new talk show. He's trying to be like uh, Jerry Springer. Oh. <laughs> Jeff Probst. He has a new talk show coming up. Shut up. When does that start? No. It starts in the September. They're going to film, uh, you know, they're going to get these next two survivors out of the way. And then Jeff is going to be uh, on a TV show. He's going to have his own talk show. Unbelievable. Yeah. I wonder who his guests are going to be. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he'll have on Colton. <laughs> Maybe they have you. <laughs> I don't know what we'll talk about, but sure. <laughs> I'll go on. Uh, they might they might book me and and uh think that it's boston rob though oh well you know <laughs> the, the two of you i think you have the gift of gab to be honest yes uh, uh, th- thank you Vesepia. and i'll go along with it i'll wear i'll wear a red Sox hat and uh say hey jeff you know it's great to be here on the talk show <laughs> maybe you'll be what, his, his chief skills reporter or something yeah what do you want to know about the sepia? I'll tell you whatever you want to know. <laughs> uh, all right. One last question. This is from Christopher Albert Rogers. A good question to end with. Do you think there should be an all-stars version with just the winners? And if so, would you compete? Yes, yes, and yes. Now, okay. wait, like I said, if they wait until I'm 50 years old, I don't know if I'll do it. I'm 46 now. If they're going to call me, they need to call me within the next two years. But I would absolutely love to go back out there. So I think they should, you know. And, it, it, again, it would depend on who. Because I don't even know if everybody even would want to go back out, you know. Yeah. I don't know if Brian would. I don't know if Danny would. No, I bet he would. I don't know if they would want to have him. But my question is, why not? 
Uh, well, I think <laughs> I always felt like with Brian, and maybe you know more about this th- than I do. Uh, I felt like he just uh, he just ticked a lot of people off uh, in his short interaction with uh, CBS at at that time, and I felt like it wasn't even so much him. But uh, his wife, I felt like, really uh, ticked a lot of people off, and nobody wanted to deal with them. Yeah. Well, I haven't talked to Brian in years, and, and I don't know, but when you look at the history of the competitors that have been on Survivor, how many of them have not ticked somebody off a of Survivor, but yet you still, you still see their face up on a show or on a season? There's been quite a mm-hmm. few. So if they're going to try to use that as the only reason why they wouldn't bring Brian back, I think that that's a cop out. I mean, I think that he was a great player, and um, you know, he was a strategizer and a strategizer, and I think that you know he would be very benefited to be out there again. So you're campaigning for Brian Heideck. I always like Brian. I've never had no beef with him. I Um, like him too. When he was in Atlanta, we've gone to his house several times, so I have no qualms with him. I, you know, I thought that he was a a good stand-up player and a serious competitor. When you were at Brian's house, at any point, did he invite you to shoot any animals with bow and arrows? No, but we saw some deer in his backyard. <laughs> yes. And did you shoot them with a, with a bow and arrow? No, but, you know, he had a bow and arrow out there. I didn't. Yeah, uh, no. So you saw the bow and arrow in question? I saw a bow and arrow. I don't know if it was <laughs> the bow and arrow in question. Okay. Well, this is your key witness now, Vesepia. What? You're a key witness in this uh, investigation. You're so funny. I said I saw a bow and arrow, not the bow and arrow. Okay. Let me put it in my mouth. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, now, Vesepia, this all winners season now. Uh, now I feel like this is a good spot to be under the radar. You don't want to be over the radar going into this thing. You know... I've always asked myself, you know, if I had to, if I had the chance to go back out there again, how would I play? Would I kind of try to play the same way, or would I try to, to you know, put a different flair on it? And I think a part of me would want to try to play the same way to see how the others would react to that. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and see if I could do that again with this group that is, you know, very much know how my gameplay was the previous time. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like a. It's. It may not be the way, the best way to get the screen time on the show, but being a good listener on the show and listening more than you're talking, and I know I don't need to tell you, that is the key to success in this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, any opportunity to go out there and try to play it again. But you're right. You know, the, the folks that are quiet don't get a lot of the airtime. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely will ruffle it up a little bit just to make sure that my face is shown quite a bit more <laughs> than it did on the previous time. All right. Well, V, thank you so much for uh, spending so much time with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Rob. I do appreciate it. And to all the fans, continue to be fans. Thank you. Um, I really do appreciate um, all the wonderful questions. And keep them, calm, keep them coming, all right? All right. And so, V, are you go, are you go excuse me. Are you going to, are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Is there any way can people follow what you're doing? I'm on Facebook, Vesepia Robinson. Okay. And, yeah, I'll, I'll see them if they, um, you know, if they hit me. That's okay. Cool. No Twitter? 
Not right now. I don't do the Twitter. You know, my job, I, I try not to put myself out there too much because, you know, I work with a lot of, I work for the hospital and I like a lot of crazy people that work at the hospital and they come to the hospital that I go to. There's a lot of crazy people on Twitter, so that's perfect. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Vesepia, take care, okay? All right, you too, Rob. Talk to you soon. All right, all the best. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was Vesepia. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will be rejoined by Nicole. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Rob Has a Podcast. Now a word from Rob Has a Podcast cares. Every day, hundreds of people are affected by appendix-related issues. Located on the right side of the abdomen, appendix issues can become quite serious if left undetected. Protect the lives of your friends and loved ones by identifying the symptoms of acute appendicitis, which include stomach pain, brain feeling like it's attached to your skull, brown pee, racial intolerance, megalomania, and delusions of grandeur. As with any medical condition, consult your doctor before taking any medication to make sure it's not a treatable infection commonly known as crybabyitis. Rob has a podcast, cares. And we're back. And here is Nicole Sesternino <sighs> back with the first lady of podcasting. I'm out of breath from running to this podcast. Yes. Good to have you back. Good to be back. You missed a good chat with Vesepia. Oh, I can't wait to listen back. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, in all seriousness, have you ever listened to a podcast that you were not on? I have. You have? Mm-hmm. How many? How many times have you done that? About a quarter. About a quarter? <laughs> okay. I'm trying to tell other people to subscribe. I if I, I could am get, subscribed. If I could get you to subscribe. <laughs> I am subscribed okay. on iTunes. Oh, just you only listen to the ones that you're on? I don't even listen to those. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, let's get into uh, some of the uh, Survivor comments and all the fun from last night. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's tough on these uh, Jeff Probst out of context inappropriate comments when he only has one one of uh, these challenges. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's not easy to do. Uh-huh. Well, he was there during the uh, Colton collapse. He was there. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was serious, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, here, here's the, and, and that's where this is going to come from. Okay. All right. Here's the best we got here. Uh, this is, uh, this is from Thomas Leonard and the team of interns. Oh. They put all this stuff together. Okay. Uh, we have, uh, <laughs> When Jeff is explaining Colton's condition to the rest of the tribe, he says, uh, we watched his heart rate double when you touched him. Then there's an awkward pause and everything. <laughs> so, yeah, not, not a great week for the out-of-context, inappropriate r- remarks. Yeah, well, the doctor really wasn't his type. Dr. Ramona, how dare you? Yeah. Dr. Ramona, much cuter than the doctor we had on Survivor. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ado. Yes. Yes. Wasn't he dating a survivor? He did. Uh, he ended up with uh, Dolly. Dolly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. That's all going to be in the survivor uh, tell-all book. Oh. That's all going to be in the tell-all book. Ooh la la. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you want to get into uh, some of the tweets last night? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> okay. So uh, we had uh, lots of stuff going on in uh, over on uh, Twitter. Does Big- Kat have a Twitter? Yes, she does. Is it anything like her behavior last night? Well, Kat, uh, she says, uh, she tweets out, uh, if you're so interested in Kat's I am very tweets, interested in her tweets. Not that this is that great. Uh, she tweeted, uh, it was nutritious, four question marks. What is wrong with me? All caps. What's nutritious? Yeah. She had said that she ate all her fingernails and there was dirt on them and it was very nutritious. Oh, ew. Yeah. yeah, that was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's cat. That you wanted. What? What did cat tweet? I didn't know it was gonna be gross. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is the same girl that farted on Alicia a couple of weeks back. No, I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. I so- tend to block things out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we also had a big fight on Twitter last night, which I'm not going to totally rehash between uh, Survivor Shannon and uh, Keith from last season. Really? Yeah, big fight on Twitter. About uh, what? Uh, I don't really know that they were going back and forth. And I then, don't follow Keith. Yeah, well. Typically his tweets are not that exciting. Well, at one point then uh, he Survivor Keith was claiming, I don't even know who you are, but it's a Shannon. And <laughs> Shannon says, well, that's not true because you follow me. So... <laughs> I don't know. Big big brouhaha going on That's always funny. with uh, Survivor Shannon on Twitter. That's really funny. Uh, a lot of people are tweeting with the uh, RHAP hashtag, Nicole. Yes. Uh, this is from uh, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, oh. <laughs> he, he tweets, uh, I think Colton's appendix is the player of the week. <laughs> That's funny. You like that? I do. Yeah. But too bad his appendix is intact. And those player of the week, I never understand how they come up with uh, who's going to be the player of the week. This week, uh, how are you going to pick this week? Vote for player of the week. Is it Alicia, Christina, or Colton? Cucaracha. Cucaracha. Uh, I don't know who's voting for that. I'm like, oh yeah, Colton. That was great. That you know, Cha Cha's going to get it. That was great. But uh, what did she do? But look at the alternatives. Like you, you there. Mm, it's hard to pick. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, Colton's appendix. I think should have been the player of the week. Yeah. I, is that how they decide the fishy? Also, who got the fishy this week? I don't know. We have to look that up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is from the uh, over on Rob has a podcast uh, website. Uh, I don't know why I thought it would just be Rob has a website. Uh-huh. I should know that. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, this is a, you know, we had a great podcast with Richard Hatch this week. Yeah, That's, Hatchcast. That made Colton very upset. And he explained why. Uh, we got a lot of comments uh, that, uh, sh- this is from Dragon Slayer Coach. He said, Rob, what did I say about the phrase, uh, spend a romantic night with? Bad Rob, go sleep in your box now. Oh, uh, go to your box. Yeah. Do you, should I say? Uh, somebody said, uh, why don't you just say how to wa- have a one night stand? No, I don't even think that's good. Well, what should I say? Um, intercourse. Intercourse. <laughs> okay. You want to get technical? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is from Schmidley. Says, uh, watch your back, Rob. If Hatch doesn't get to host Survivor, he might just become host of Rob has a podcast. Ooh. Seriously, amazing podcast. Hatch was great. You two actually have chemistry. Actually, maybe Nicole should be watching her back. Uh-oh. That's right. Yeah. Actually, Rob should watch his Hey, back. how do you know? How do you know what's what? How do you I know? know what's what. How do you know Richard shouldn't be watching his back? Um, I don't want to ask myself that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, last week we did our podcast with Dawn. Yes. Uh, where's our bread? <laughs> it's not gotten here yet. It has not. It has not gotten here. Mm-hmm. Our, our daily bread. <laughs> uh, this is from uh, Kaz, who writes, Monica and Dawn on the podcast in one day. I'm not sure when this show became Rob has a MILF cast, but I like it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Kaz, you dirty dog. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, this is from uh, Ben Lechou. says, uh, Colton working for Dawn to increase her bread business was a great idea in theory, Rob, except it would never actually work. Uh, reread the first two words of this comment to find out why. <laughs> Colton working. Has to work. Yes. Mm, <laughs> That's funny. Good. That was a good one. Uh, over on Facebook, uh, on the Rob Has a Podcast uh, Facebook fan page, now over 3,500 uh, Facebook so fans. So many places to leave a comment. So many, yeah, so many places. How do we keep up with this? Uh, we have, that's what we have interns for. Oh, okay. Uh, this is from uh, Sarah Pearson. She said, I feel like only a month ago I was constantly checking your website, desperate for new stuff. Now I can't keep up. You have really stepped it up on the content. Thanks for keeping me entertained. 
And a lot of people have said, Rob, how have you done this? How have you been able, you're doing five or six podcasts a week. How is this able to happen? The answer is simple. Drugs. Nicole has been talking to me much less. <laughs> and it's great for our relationship. Yeah. Uh, Megan Shu wants to know, uh, um, when Kat gets voted off, can we get a weekly podcast with her where you just tell slash teach her stuff and she responds? That's a good uh, suggestion. Uh, we already have something that's very similar to this. It's called Rob Has a Podcast, <laughs> where I say or teach things to Nicole oh. and she responds. I'm the cat of the podcast? Yes. No, I did not eat my nails, by the way. Yeah, okay. I got a manicure. Uh, Ron Chan says, and I made the same observation, uh, can we finally address the elephant in the room? Yes, I'm talking about CBS dropping the ball by not having ice cream scooper Eric as the ice cream scooper. Yes. This was a terrible job by CBS. Shame on you. They could have brought back, if you were ever going to bring back ice cream scooper Eric. Poor ice cream scooper Eric. Why not put him there? See if anybody even notices that he's there. Yeah. Put ice cream scooper Eric. now. Oh, he should have been the scooper. Exactly. <laughs> you see exactly what I'm going for here. I thought you were the the 7-Up commercial. No, no. That we wanted to make ice cream scooper Eric be the ice cream scooper. I'm tired. <laughs> okay. So uh, that would have been great. And that was a real drop ball uh, by CBS. Now, I think there could have been one more thing they could have thrown in there at the ice cream scooper challenge. What? Uh, I think some t- toothbrushes. Because I think you eat a bunch of ice cream on Cavities, day 17. You're cavity. not going to brush your teeth for three weeks. I think you could have thrown in a toothbrush there. I think it's the least you could do. You know, it's like you win a reward challenge. Okay, great. I had ice cream. Now, uh, you know, fast forward to four months later and you need $10,000 worth of dental work. Yeah. And you know they're going to get the runes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what you want to also give them a Pepto-Bismol? <laughs> give them something. Give them a Maalox? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some toilet paper. Uh, yeah. So that was a great job by uh, Ron Chan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, that's about it for uh, for comments for this week, Nicole. That's fantastic. Uh, we have uh, next week uh, coming up, the head of interns is going to be Kurt Clark. Ooh, Kurt Clark. Very exciting mm-hmm. for Mr. Kurt Clark. And then uh, next week on the podcast, Nicole... Well, it's been a season of winners uh, so far on Rob Has a Podcast. Because it's a winning season. It is a winning season. Mm -hmm. It's been a season of winners, and uh, that is not about to change. We are going to be speaking with uh, the winner of Survivor uh, Panama slash uh, Exile Island, Mr. Aris. (laughs) Uh, And we're going to talk with Aris. And uh, I think that, you know, a lot of people talking about under-the-radar winners Aris certainly uh, fits that bill. Yes. Uh, so Aris, you know, at, at first I was like a podcast with Aris. I, I don't know how that's going to go. Had a call, talk on the phone with Aris uh, a couple of weeks ago for about an hour. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Yes. I, I think Aris is an under the radar guest. I think that you guys are going to really enjoy uh, talking with Aris next week. Yes. I actually had the pleasure of meeting Aris. Over yes. at uh, ESP. He's a, he's a really nice uh, and, guy. And this is the first time I'm hearing this story. It was a secret. It, why was it a secret? <laughs> I, I told you this. Mm, I don't think so. You're blocking it out. <laughs> well, maybe intentionally. <laughs> uh, I even learned uh, it's not it's not pronounced Aris. It's Aras. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, we will learn all of that uh, next week, Nicole. I learned that before you. Yeah, I guess you did. <laughs> okay. So uh, lots of good stuff uh, coming up. We're going to talk to uh, Jeff Pittman over the weekend to preview uh, Game of Thrones from True Dork Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, really a dork cast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we are going to... Uh, that's not nice, Nicole. 
What? It's true dork times. Yeah. I'm going to uh, have a celebrity apprentice. Nicole, will you be watching Celebrity Apprentice with me on Sunday night? If you're lucky. If I'm lucky? Mm-hmm. Should I make other arrangements? I'm to- off from work uh, Sunday night. Okay. So you will be doing a Celebrity Apprentice podcast with me? I will me? be. And I'm off the following week, too. Okay. Yeah. Well, th- th- just a little sneak preview. We're going to have another guest another guest on uh, Celebrity Apprentice podcast uh, next Sunday night. Next Sunday. It's not an April Fool's joke. Who? I'll tell, I'll tell you after the show. Oh, I, don't, I can't throw out all these. I don't want to confuse people. Just We keep it to a week at a time. Okay. So uh, next then next week coming up. You'll tell me later. Celebrity, sure. Okay, thank you. Celebrity Apprentice coming up. Then uh, I'm going to check in with uh, AJ Mass from uh, ESPN.com. Mass cast? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so clever, aren't I? Very clever. And then, of course, then it's another week of uh, Rob has a web show. Then uh, we'll talk to the next person that gets kicked off Survivor. Getting and then <laughs> just You don't have to concentrate. Just zone out. Like, <laughs> I, I never do. Yeah. And then we'll talk to uh, Aras. 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 You have to say it like that. Uh, next Thursday. That's going to be tough to do a, a number of times. Yeah. Yeah. What? Say Aras. Oh. <laughs> so used to saying Aras. Yeah. Okay. So uh, then in the, in the meantime, Nicole, I uh, want everybody to check out what's going on on Amazon.com. Uh, lots of us. Uh, do you buy things for Easter? Can you buy Easter stuff? I am going to buy my Easter bonnet from Easter, Amazon.com. Easter bonnet? Yeah. yeah, best place to go for whatever you need and make sure go through the link on uh, Rob has a website and then uh, go ahead and uh, get whatever you need and get, get all the great shipping, mm-hmm. save some money, all the good stuff, all through uh, Amazon.com. That's right. That's right. Okay, so Nicole, until next time. Mm, got nothing for you. All right, take care, everybody. Bye.